Well, hello. How is everyone doing today? I hope this podcast finds you well. Um, what a week in football. And and more importantly, I think before I even start on this segment, there there are two points of this podcast today. You either have a quarterback or you don't is one. There are teams in this league, for better or worse, are very unpredictable. They get into the playoffs without a quarterback, i.e., you know, the Indianapolis Colts or a Houston Texans or, you know, a Carolina Panthers team. You never know. But they, they have something other than a quarterback. Usually they have a top 10 defense or a premium run game. Usually those are the key ingredients to getting to the playoffs. But to get projected as a playoff contender at the beginning of the season, all the teams have the same thing in common. They have a top 10 quarterback. More importantly, we're seeing this before our very eyes with the injuries of, uh, not Jameis Winston, the lack of Deshaun Watson, sorry, and the lack of Russell Wilson on the roster because of his broken finger. You're seeing teams that had a chance not have so much of a chance now because of you know, injuries or character issues. So before we go any further, that is the first part. And I would like to subcategorize that topic and say, there aren't going to be very many teams this year that are going to make a big run next year because this upcoming draft is very predictable. It's not going to be very quarterback centric. In fact, teams that made trades in this last draft aren't going to get much in terms of return on investment on the offensive side of the ball, specifically quarterback, because next year is going to be very defensive centric. And that only helps the teams that are already loaded offensively. And for the ones that aren't, they're going to have to put together something that looks like an offensive football team. So before I go into that, uh, Texans and Dolphins um, have Deshaun Watson deal in place with only a couple caveats. Um, One is they don't want to give up first-round picks for a guy that potentially is going to miss games. And Deshaun Watson um, is being a bit of a prima donna right now. I'm going to be completely honest with you. He does not want to play for the Texans because of the management in Houston. And for better or worse, he's willing to wait it out if he doesn't get the right team. And for the Houston Texans, they aren't going to get anything for him if he's got character issues and he misses two seasons. I mean, this guy's getting paid $10 million to not play because they guaranteed his salary and they won't let off his salary because they want to get some trade capital. For Houston, they couldn't have done this any worse than they already did by trading their premier players um, at wide receiver and at defensive end. Like, they've done everything they can to blow up this roster and leave it in the wakes of Deshaun Watson. And this is a guy that is a mobile quarterback first, can throw the football, but being that he already got paid, he put himself in a really tough position and he really hurt the Houston Texans. If I'm a Texan fan, I will forever never forgive Deshaun Watson for what he's done, not just for what he's done on the field or the lack thereof and the abuses and sexual assaults that potentially fall on him in the upcoming months. So uh, more to come on that. But the reason why I'm talking about this before I get into it is because of that trade with Miami. There are not, like I said, there are not going to be a lot of teams next year that are going to be making a run for the playoffs because they're predictable. This year is incredibly 
incredibly predictable by having a quarterback or not. But the second part, the second part is the balance we're seeing. And this gives me hope, folks, because everything comes full circle. Everybody said, oh, this is a passing league first league. Well, the teams that are making runs have running backs. And more importantly, they're balanced, meaning they play complementary football on the offensive side and they complement their defense by keeping their defenses off the field. So these are things we're going to talk about is do you have a quarterback and do you have balance? Very, very important when you're talking about football, because those two things, those cohesiveness um, parts of the game, special teams, offense and defense they ultimately make the big difference. And more importantly, if you've got really good special teams on top of that, it's really hard to beat. So um, we're going to dive in here because, I mean, I don't want to gnaw your ear off, but the first game of the week was the Broncos and the Browns. Now, a lot of people are high on the Browns for rightful reasons. Their defense was supposed to be significantly better than it was their offense was supposed to be amazing with Landry and Odell Beckham and Chubb and um, their, their running back and they're off their top three offensive line. And then they had Baker Mayfield, a quarterback that could do no wrong, right? Well, they won this game without Baker Mayfield, which should concern Browns fans for a number of reasons. One is you never had a quarterback in like 30 years. And now you finally have one and he gets hurt and you've got Case Keenum. Former Viking, former Bronco, former every other team in the league come in and actually manage the game well enough to win a game against a team that is a sub-500 team, but you won the game you were supposed to win. And I'm sure Case Keenum on some level enjoyed beating his former Broncos team. To me, the Broncos are not a playoff team. I've said this for a while now. Um, They lost Von Miller in that game. I don't know how long he's going to be out. But for me, Cleveland is just holding on by a thread with Cincinnati taking sole possession of first place in the AFC North and the Ravens surprisingly losing a game, which we'll talk about in a minute. The next game is the Chiefs and Titans. And I've said this before, you either have a quarterback or you don't. And this is one of those teams that really leans on the run game. And... Derrick Henry, to me, is the best running back in the NFL this year and last year and the year before that. He took a while to get started. But once he got a little bit tougher and a little bit stronger, he has been a nightmare. And for a Chiefs team that plays little to no defense due to injury, due to a lack of balance, due to Patrick Mahomes turning the ball over because they don't have an adequate offensive line, they're getting the ball a lot more, their, their opponents, and the Chiefs are not able to stay on the field. And it's obvious. To me, the Chiefs still have all of the tangible talent to make a run into the playoffs. But based on history and based on what I'm seeing from Patrick Mahomes, if I'm the Chiefs, I go into free agency and I try to land myself a bookend left tackle. And more importantly, you're not getting in the draft because if you have a top 15 draft pick, and that's where you're headed, Kansas City. I'm going defense because this upcoming season, this draft, plenty of opportunity to land some depth plays on defense. So the Chiefs, to me, are positioned to make a long run over the next decade. This year is their hiccup. And if you're a Chiefs fan, I'm optimistic about that, but I'm also very concerned about Patrick Mahomes' salary cap number next year. 
The projected salary cap is forecasted at $208 million next year, which does not nearly cover the spread on Mahomes' contract, Tyreek Hill, or Travis Kelsey. We'll see what happens, but I would guess Tyreek Hill could be a cap casualty. Maybe. Kelsey's too cheap, too good of a player. Titans never get paid. But the Titans look for real. The Packers and the Washington football team. So the Packers won this game 24-10, and it was never close. Aaron Rodgers was playing with these guys. Washington doesn't have an adequate offense. They're not balanced at all. And this game was locked up early into the third quarter, and it was just time management at that point. The Packers absolutely owned the Washington football team. I can't even begin to just go over the dynamics. I would love to see the time of possession Um, just because it looked to me as if there was just no way the Washington football team was going to get on the field again, and they didn't. I mean, those those are key metrics. And the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, like most skilled veteran quarterbacks who've been in the league for 15-plus years, they know how to play the clock. Bengals-Ravens. So we talked about this when we talked about the Broncos-Browns. Somehow, the Bengals have become... They blew the door open on the Ravens in this game. And I'm surprised in one end, but this score does is not indicative of the actual score. There were a couple late score drives there in the fourth quarter and the Ravens basically just they sat Lamar Jackson and and let things kind of happen so this this score is more of a two score um, lead 10 to 14 point spread if we're being real if you bet on this game boy are you pissed the Ravens are still a good a great football team they're balanced they play good special teams defense and offense but Lamar Jackson just got caught on a bad day, and I still think he is a top 10 quarterback in this league, and that's the reason why the Ravens, week in and week out, have a chance to win every game. But this week was about Joe Burrow making tremendous throws. They were incredibly balanced, and their defense showed up. And let me tell you, the Bengals' defense is sneaky good. Sneaky good. And they're able to keep offensive players, especially the fast ones, to 50-50 balls, and they keep them right in front of them. They don't let them get behind them at all, and I think that's how the Ravens won this game. They loaded the box. They didn't play cover zero all that much. They played cover two and made Lamar Jackson run the ball a little bit more than he was willing to do, and he put himself in some compromising positions a couple times in that game. But all in all, he wasn't happy about the loss, but if you're a Ravens fan, this is a division game on the road. Or no, this was at home. <laughs> Still a division game. You're happy about the fact that you've only lost two games. Panthers, Giants. Now this this game to me, this was a desperation game for the Panthers. I mean, you're losing Christian McCaffrey. Again, no balance. Sam Darnold to me is a quarterback that he just, he lacks that next level component of his regressions in his throws. He usually throws to his first or second options. And in college that works because defenses play really basic cover two defenses. It doesn't take much to throw him off. And the Panthers have lost four straight since losing to the Cowboys. Sam Darnold was 16 for 25, 111 yards. And by the way, 
did not rush a single yard. So they can have DJ Moore. They can have Chubba Hubbard. They can have an offense. If I'm the Panthers and I see Christian McCaffrey on the sidelines, knowing his cap number, I might be looking to get out of that contract because you've got a lot of other holes on both sides of the ball. Offensive line, secondary, um, with Joe Horn out, that I just don't feel comfortable um, with that contract. Why pay somebody unless you're trying to sell jerseys? I, I, I don't see it. Panthers won this game. The Giants didn't prove anything to me. They are better than the Panthers right now, but it isn't significant. Falcons, Dolphins, great game, by the way. This this game, the Falcons are, are sneaky. Another sneaky team that I forecasted as being a bottom-tier team in the a- NFC South. But they found a way to go into Miami and steal a win. Um, and to me, that, that is indicative of good coaching. Um, being able to play close games, even against a team that's 1-6. and six. Cordell Patterson. Who picked Cordell Patterson? Former Viking wide receiver. 14 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Converted to running back. Might be the best thing they did. He is their running back now. I'm kind of curious. This is this is interesting. Kyle Pitts is everything we thought he was and more. Every year there's a tight end. Last one I remember before Pitts was O.J. Howard, Tampa Bay Buccaneer tight end. And everybody thought O.J. Howard was going to be the next Tony Gonzalez. Never build out. Kyle Pitts is everything we thought and more. Had they kept Julio Jones on their roster, this team's a playoff team. Them getting rid of Julio Jones and having Kyle Pitts, to me, they're they're reaching. This is a playoff team, surprisingly, without with, with Kyle Pitts and, and potentially a Julio Jones. Bad move for the Falcons. But the Falcons won this game. I still don't see them as a playoff contender. There are too many good teams in the NFC. And, you know, I, I don't see it. Jets, Patriots. Who do you think won this game? Even without Tom Brady, 54 points were put on the Jets. And this should just tell you that this is an attritional quarterback. You have Zach Wilson, who played horribly um, in this game. Six for 10, 51 yards. I think he got hurt. And then Mike White comes in and proceeds to just play underneath coverage. Never exploited the defense. And the Patriots gave him everything underneath. What proceeded to happen was Mac Jones had a very balanced day. 24-36, two yards, two touchdowns, sorry. They even had Kendrick Bourne, their wide receiver, throw a touchdown. I mean, they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at this team. And this is what Hall of Fame coaches do. They get everybody involved, and they do it in a way that next year you're going to start seeing a lot of these things kind of unravel start to develop for the Patriots. Uh, <clears throat> Mac Jones is not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's a Drew Bledsoe type. Typical model. Funny that I compare him to them because Drew Bledsoe was a Patriot. But he's a, he's, not, he's a system guy. He loves to lean on the coaching staff. He trusts the process. This is a guy that we're seeing him at very much close to his ceiling, if not at his ceiling. I don't see him really growing out of anything past what this is because he doesn't have that ambition to thread a ball quite the way other coaches do, other players do. Like 
you can see it and you can tell by his games in Alabama. I mean, he he's really playing well into this system. And I think the Patriots in the season, either a game above 500 or a game below 500. But I don't see them making the playoffs either, despite the fact that the AFC is a little bit thinner in some areas. Raiders, Eagles. John Gruden leaves the Raiders and they have not missed a step. The Eagles are trash. Anybody giving the Philadelphia Eagles more credit than they deserve is pretty much everyone on ESPN. I mean, everybody thinks that this is a second-tier team, which means this is a team that's going to go seven and what is it, seven and nine, seven and ten now, or they're going to be a game above or a game below five hundred. I don't see this team winning very more, very many more games. I mean, the Raiders are a good team, and they beat them soundly by eleven points. It was never really close really but the Raiders kind of let him hang around a little bit longer than I would have liked that all being said said Jalen Hurts um, he's not a bad quarterback guys like Jalen Hurts is getting a bad rep because I think he's a mobile guy like mobile quarterbacks traditionally they've got to play for four or five years before they shut up the critics and this is a guy second year 18 for 34 236 two touchdowns nothing impressive Ran the ball 13 times, 61 yards. Lots of offense for Jalen. But no defense. Running game is mad sus. Miles Sanders, their second overall pick um, two years ago, who was supposed to be the guy in Philly, has been playing very few snaps. He had six snaps, and for 30 yards, five-yard average, but yet somehow Boston Scott, had seven carries. Kenneth Gainwell had five. Like, what's going on with Miles Sanders? Is he hurt? Like, I need more information as to why you're letting your 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 prized running back sit on the bench for what seemed like the majority of the game. So Eagles lost that game. Not surprised, right? We, we got that one. Lions-Rams. Now, this game told me a lot about the Rams and very little about Jared Goff. I mean, we already knew what Jared Goff is, right? Like the Rams proved that Jared Goff was a utility quarterback, a guy that plays in a system and he's not going to, he's a lot like, um, like Jones. Like he's just not going to, you know, stand out and, and make big plays and he's not going to aha you. But this was a 28 to 19 game and it was fairly close for the majority of this game. Maybe there was butterflies in Matt Stafford's stomach and he wasn't feeling it. It was a later game. But that all being said, um, the Rams are a good playoff team. Um, but they they lack some balance on defense. And I think against a really good defense, that offensive line and that running game is nothing. Nothing. And it's all on Matt Stafford. Um, but for the, for the sense of, is this team a playoff team? Absolutely, the Rams are. They're 6-1. and one. They're one of the very few 6-1 and one teams. And the NFC West is absolutely stacked with Arizona being 7-0 and oh and the Rams being 6-1. and one. By the way, the only loss the Rams have had are to the Cardinals. So, so you got to guess that, you know, Arizona is going to be prepared to play them again. And we'll get to that game right now. Texans, Cardinals, this game was embarrassing for the Texans. I mean, Davis Mills... 23 for 32, 135 yards. I, I, poor, poor guy. Third round pick. Um, 
didn't play poorly, didn't amaze me, didn't turn the ball over. But again, is he a starter? I'm not real sure. No offense to be heard of at all. Cardinals just carved this up. Kyle Murray, Murray got hit late in that game. It looked really, really scary. I mean, he's like 5'9", 5'10", getting clipped the way he did. A little nerve-wracking watching him play, but he did play really good football. And by the way, they have not run him all that much this year. I mean, kudos to that offensive line. I mean, if anything that's not being talked about is that offensive line, the rest of Arizona looks phenomenal. But that all happens in the trenches. Cardinals absolutely lambaste the Texans. 30. 1-5. Last game, last two games were the Buccaneers and the Bears. Let me, let me tell you something. If you're a fantasy football owner, Khalil Herbert is a sneaky pick. Faced a top rushing defense in the league. Amassed 18 carries, 100 yards, five receptions for 33 yards, and a loss that only produced three points to the Bucks, 38 to three. And we'll spend a minute on this: the Tom Brady 600th touchdown ball that is forecasted to be roughly half a million dollars. Um, Mike Evans, the the number one wide receiver for the Bucks, caught the touchdown and gave it to a fan who got a Bitcoin, two signed Tom Brady jerseys, a signed used game used Tom Brady helmet, a game used Mike Evans jersey, a game used cleats he wore, and a thousand dollar credit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers online store for that football. I mean... How much is the ball really worth? I'm not real sure. But I got to tell you this. That fan made out like a bandit. It's not like he wasn't going to. If I'm the fan, I know I'm not keeping that ball. It's going to arbitration. So I might as well just like give it up and get something big out of it. He got a lot of Hall of Fame gear. If I'm that guy, I don't sell a single penny of it. This is the goat we're talking about. All right, final wrap-up here is the Colts 49ers, 30-18 to 18 Colts. Listen, the Colts are sneaky good, too. This is in their team. Carson Wentz getting his grips about him. Note that he had a broken foot at the beginning of the season. They had a tough, tough first part of the season at 3-4. and four. But Carson Wentz, man, his numbers at only 17 for 26 with 150 yards and two touchdowns. Don't tell you the whole story. He had four carries for 23 yards and a touchdown as well. But here's the sneaky part. That 23 yards, the majority of it came on a third down. He played that game very close and threw the ball in the right spots at the right time against a very defeated 49er team that has lost its identity. And it was raining on the road, mind you. I think I think the Colts are going to make a run here. And I think they're going to end up being in the playoffs. Like I projected at the beginning of the season. And I got a lot of shit for it. And lastly, the Saints-Seahawks. I, I got to say, this was a disappointing game for me. Jameis Winston, like he had a year under Drew Brees. You think he would have fundamentally learned something about the quarterback position. Absolutely embarrassing watching him play. Um, 
just because you, you expect more. I mean, you're playing in a Sean Payton um, RPO offense, um, and he wasn't able to get it going against a Seahawks defense that's ranked 32nd. Like, I, I was expecting more from Jameis. Didn't deliver. Alvin Kamara did everything he could to make this happen for the Saints. He had 10 receptions for 128 yards and 20 carries for 51 yards. Had over 30 sole possessions of the football. That's insane. And still lost the game. To the Seahawks, this game... I'm going to know they won the game, sorry. Um, to the Seahawks who lost this game, they're clearly losing because they don't have Russell Wilson. They're... They're, they were playing at home and still lost. This game is not 13 to 10 if they're playing in New Orleans. This is a 20 to 3 kind of game because Geno Smith used none of that home home field advantage to his um, advantage. 12 for 22, 167 yards. I thought Geno was going to impress people. I mean, the former New York Jet who couldn't find a home, who's been behind. Russell Wilson somehow I thought in my heart he was going to prove the world wrong he is not he is what we thought he is he is a suitable backup and he needs to stay there um Alex Collins the running back 16 carries 35 yards I was actually had a friend who had him for fantasy and watched that and it was like he was only 10 points away um from winning this game he just needed Alex Collins to get some yards and he won by a fraction of a yard that's that's literally how much he won by. He won by less than a full point. Alex Collins got stuffed the whole game. DK Metcalf caught a 50-50 ball and then caught another ball later in the game. To me, uh, that's all they were doing was just, you know, two 50-50 balls. DK got it, got a touchdown. The rest of the game is non-existent. They just locked him down. You've got Tyler Lockett. They couldn't get the ball to Tyler. They couldn't get the, the the ball to Freddie Swain enough. They couldn't get it to Gerald Everett. I mean, this team really struggled. And more importantly, whatever happened to Bobby Wagner? This is a guy that I really thought was going to be the guy. Hall of Famer, we were calling him. Don't know if he is now. So as we wrap this up, we are they are who we thought they were, is the moral of the story. The teams that I thought were going to be you know, questionable are questionable, and the teams that are playoff contenders are playoff contenders. The one thing I have not learned from this week is that the Ravens, they lost to the Bengals. I mean, this is a team everybody thought was going to be the team. And everybody thought the Browns were going to make a run. Well, I don't know about that. The Chiefs getting blown out by the Titans on on the road. You know, the Chiefs got to figure out a formula, and it's got to be not turning over the football. They don't have a bona fide run game. It's obvious they're not balanced right now. Do they make the playoffs? Based on the body of work that I've seen from the Chiefs at being three and four, I don't know if they can make if they can recover from this. I mean, this team's got a very tough schedule ahead of them. Um, they have an easy game in the Giants at home, which is huge. But then they played Green Bay, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Raiders again, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Bengals, who have been surprising. I mean, they've got to, they can't lose many more games, is my point. Like, they've got a potential win, um, an easy win against the Giants and the Broncos twice. So that's three wins. But the rest of these games. I don't know. The Raiders are playing really good defense. The Cowboys and Green Bay Packers have only lost one game. The Chargers have only lost two. And, you know, I think they could beat the Steelers, but 
even if that's the case, they've got a really tough schedule ahead of them. As for the Titans, who are 5-2, and two, just tugging along like the most underrated team in the NFL, they have a very tough game against the Titans next this week. They have the Rams, which is a tough game. And then, then they proceed to have team games they should win. They should beat the Saints. They should beat the Texans. They should beat the Pats. They should beat the Jags. And they should beat the Steelers and 49ers and Dolphins. And then the Texans again. This game, this team might not lose another game the rest of the season. I mean, they probably will lose one. But they have a chance here to go on a run and be the number one seed in the AFC. I said that. Yeah, they are tied with the Ravens right now. And the Bengals for the number one seed in this game, in this in, in this whole entire lot. They've got a real chance with the favorable schedule they have playing in such a weak division, much like the Cowboys, to really make a run here and win that overall division. That's my hot take of the week. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the content. Like always, please subscribe to my stuff. I immediately get paid if it automatically downloads, so I appreciate that. And I'm going to do a better job of advertising the podcast so I can get a little bit more viewership. It's been a little slow lately, but that's fine. If you like football, I definitely love talking it. So we'll continue to do these weekly podcasts about the league. I would tell you that this upcoming week, the games that I would try to keep my eye on are the Cowboys-Vikings, obviously, because you're going to get a real indication of how good the Vikings are and how good the Cowboys are in that game. If Dak Prescott can play on a, a pulled calf and they can somehow muster up a win, tells you a lot about the Cowboys. As for the Vikings, had a very tough beginning of the season, playing some really formidable teams, played, played the Ravens close, or was that the Detroit Lions? That was Detroit. They've played some tough games, and I think that ultimately we're going to find out how good the Vikings and Kirk Cousins really are. Um, as for the rest of the league, I mean, I, I think the Saints could be an upset for the Bucks, but I highly doubt it. And um, the rest of this week is pretty chalk for me. I mean, you look at the schedule. I mean, other than the Cards and Packers, which is the game of the week. Sorry, I missed it. It's tonight or tomorrow. Tomorrow. So please watch that game. Um, it's at 820 Eastern Standard Time. As always, everybody, love everybody, and I will talk to you soon.